Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have you here. I mean, I just gotta I just gotta take my hat off to Linda. Linda's our producer, and she is the person that basically is responsible for who I get to chat with every day, uh, setting things up, the hosts that we bring on. And, you know, I've always been in awe about the folks that I get to chat with. And, you know, just when you're finished with one conversation here and listening to the Dr. Pat show, you think, wow, is it going to get any better? And it does. And, you know, this is what I'm so excited about today's show and and what I get to talk about. But before I do, I want to say hi to Mr. Benny. Hi, Benny. What up, Pat? Fasten your seatbelt for this one. Already Sex, locked in, ready drama. to go. Trays yep. and tables up in the upright position, right? I'm ready. Yeah, Let's do I'm, this. I'm just saying, you're ready. Fasten your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. Sex, love, and dharma. Ancient wisdom for modern relationships. Uh, and what I like to say is Simon Chokoski, I'm going to say Simon Chokoski is joining me here today. Simon Chokoski is the way I originally said it. And then as soon as he comes on, we're going to have him say it. But the point is that the book that Simon has written, it's just off the charts off the charts. And one of the things I want to say about it, I I get thousands and thousands and thousands of books that come across my desk. And every once in a while, I will get a book like this. And I'll start to look at it and I'll start to read it before I actually do read it. And then what I realize is what we're really talking about here is a spiritual journey. Now, why do I say that? Well, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to let Simon talk about that because, you know, he is someone that besides being the the author of, you know, amazing books, being out in the world, talking about this, you know, to talk about whether you're talking about winning or you're talking about uh, Vedic astrology or Dharma, or it doesn't matter whether you're reading his books or you're watching his DVD programs, or you know, you know that he too was a teacher of Sanskrit. What is that? We're going to talk about that today. What does that mean? And how can we actually have a conversation about some of these very ancient approaches to living that are now so relevant today? So if you've if you've read what he's written, if you've seen him on radio and television, he travels the world, he does seminars. One of the things that you know is that he has been called to show up in this world to shine and to shine a light on conversations that many of us have been afraid to have and which are so relevant and necessary in today's world. Simon, it's so great to have you on, your, on the show. Thank you. Pat, it's so amazing to be here. I wasn't feeling that good earlier, but I feel great now with that introduction. That's amazing. (laughs) 
Thanks for so having here's me. What, here's what I pick up on. You know, in the book, and I mentioned what the book is called, Sex, Love, and Dharma, but here's what I didn't say. Ancient wisdom for modern relationships. I so want to talk with you about this. And, uh-huh. you know, the reason I'm really called to talk with you about this is when we say the word relationships, we leave out 90% of the relationships we actually do have in our lives. You know, we can sit and we can talk about our love relationships, but we are now in a world where we are so relationship driven that it's almost it's almost not fair to use the word relationship. So I want to start out by asking you the question, in all the years that you've been doing this work that you've been teaching, what have you seen change in the past 10, 20 years around this particular conversation? And welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And, um, you know, the thing that I've seen uh, more and more uh, become more validated over the last 10, 20 years is this uh, uh, that science is proving a lot of these ancient uh, uh, theories and, and, and ideas about how we relate with ourselves, our own bodies, uh, how we relate with others, and how we relate to the environment. And, I, and I'll go into specifics about that uh, in the show. Yeah. But th- that's what's really amazed me, is that science and, and, and sort of the empirical method is coming around to say, oh, yeah, this stuff works. This stuff is true. Whereas before it was maybe new age or, or, or just out there, but no, no more. And people are embracing this and coming to realize uh, things like the gut is central to human health, which oh. is what Ayurveda has been talking about for five, 6,000 years, that your gut and specifically the microbiome, the state, the health of your gut is critical not only to digestion and assimilation, which we would think about the gut, but also to how you feel, to your mood. 70% of the serotonin in your body is made in the gut. Your immune system, your, uh, so much is controlled by the health of our gut. And, right, and, and, and science and modern, modern uh, research is coming back to this and going, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot to this. So that's what I've seen change over the last 10, 20 years. Yeah, I want to talk with you about this because, yes, now we are getting information, even though we know at some level, right, Simon, even though we know at some level that what we've been putting into our bodies is not really been the best for us. We have not had the kind of manifestations of that until the past decade. And what do I mean by that? I mean diseases that were never even listed before, like a, a disease like fibromyalgia, right? And sort of the rise in illness we have and autoimmune diseases. But isn't it exciting that even now here recently, we're really starting to talk about the gut. I mean, we're really now saying, wait a minute, even though we have put a ton of junk in there, there is a way to help out and get this thing healed. Isn't that really the new narrative on this? Yeah. And and so the next question is, how do we do it? Right. I, exactly. I think we're all on board now and going like, yeah, OK, that sounds good. You know, let me try it. it right. But it, how do we do it? And so the how, again, for the how, I think it's very useful and wise to look back at how the ancients did it. And of course, they didn't have Internet and, and the germs that we have. Right. The, and they weren't exposed. But they were also exposed to pathogens back then. They were the same human bodies. They, they had a lot of similar circumstances that they learned how to deal with, and, and elegantly, I might say, not 
with drugs and surgeries uh, unless that was a last resort. So, uh, so the how, I think, is going back to seeing what they had to say and then um, reinterpreting it for our modern age. And that's what I've attempted to do with uh, a lot of the recommendations in this book. Um, what do you think is the greatest challenge, Simon, that, you know, and I, and I ask you this question from different levels, and I want to just be clear about it. You know, uh-huh. when I say what are the greatest challenges, one of the things I'm asking about, not just about the body, but let's take a look at body, mind, and spirit, because uh-huh. these things work together. What do you think in humanity right now, or at least in this country, what do you think is our greatest challenge? What do you think is holding, what, what's holding people back? from truly emerging and shining in the world? You know, I think the greatest challenge, and this is probably not going to be the answer that, that, is, that you may be expecting, but the greatest challenge is a challenge for space, for creating space, both, again, in the body and your gut, you know, space between meals to allow your body, like a dishwasher, to do its mm-hmm. cycle before you pump new dirty dishes in there, to create space in your home that's sacred so that your home revolves around that sacred space. To create, and and we know from Einstein that space and time are in a sense the same thing, so to create space in your day, an hour, a half hour, that is just your time because we're so bombarded by demands. Oh, I got to answer this email. Oh, my neighbor's at the door. Oh, this is happening. My kid is calling me, right? No, create space for self-expression so that you, you know, there's a reason we're here on this planet, and it's not just to answer every email to pay all the bills. That's a prerequisite, right? That has to get done, but I I think we lose ourselves. And so the greatest challenge in the Internet age and the the common, in the current age, is the battle for space and, and time and personal space. And and I find that, that when you carve out that space, that your relationships improve, that your health improves, your spiritual life, your connection to your divine source improves. And, and again, we can talk about some of the ways we can do this, because I'm very, my, I, I, if something doesn't work, if it's not practical, then it's right. not, uh, I, don't, I don't need it. So I agree with you. Great, right? I agree but with it you. Ha- it, it has to work where the rubber hits the road. So. Yeah, Yeah. and I want to take a short break, and when we come back, talk about that. You know, the other thing is, I love what you said, it has to work. So what you're saying to me, and this is what I'm hearing, maybe we can talk about when we come back, it has to work for the modern modern day and time we live in, because what my mom or maybe, you know, that those folks did to make things, quote, work is really different than today, and you've addressed this perfectly well. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot of things. You know, what is the love-hate relationship we have with water, folks? What the heck is that about? The love-hate relationship we have with that. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status? 
Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an energetic upgrade online experience launching in April. Unfold and develop your full potential. Visit energeticupgrade.com today for more information. That's energeticupgrade.com. Access Consciousness is coming back to Seattle this April for three amazing events. Mark your calendars. April 20th through the 22nd is the Access Consciousness Body Classes, created by Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. Facilitated by Dr. Glenna Rice. Explore verbal processes and hands-on body work that will unlock the tension, resistance, and dis-ease of the body by shifting energy dynamically. April 23rd through the 25th is the Advanced Access Body Class with Gary Douglas. What if you could undo a whole lot of limitations that you have locked into your body and create an alteration of the way your body functions? Then, on April 26th at 7 p.m., join Gary Douglas for the Abuse Hold class. This is the first time ever that this dynamic process is being presented in a class format. Find out more about these Access Consciousness April events in Seattle by visiting transformation.events. That's transformation.events. Hey everyone, meet my friends at the Maca team. The ancient Inca root vegetable maca is known worldwide for its huge array of health benefits. As a family-run company of true maca specialists, the maca team is here to bring you the best maca the Peruvian mountains has to offer. Yellow maca, used to promote endurance, vitality, fertility, hormone health, and much more is on sale now. I love it. Visit themacateam.com to order yours now. Themacateam.com. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Almost everyone at some time in their lives ask themselves, what am I? Most of our questions are ego-generated and simply don't address the problem of our false self. It's time to relax your ego and embody your soul. Dr. Dan Cohen, neurologist, inventor, and author, has created tools to awaken a new way to transform from who you thought you were into what you truly are. Visit ToolsToAwaken.com today. Are you into it? For the month of April, take a picture in your Intuit apparel and post it on Facebook for all to see and receive a reading from Lynn Brown on your Facebook page of your prominent aura color and what it means for you. Make sure you tag Lynn Brown or the Are You Into It Facebook page with your photo so Lynn can find you. Visit IntuitApparel.com today and wear your intuition with pride. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Um, you know, Simon, before we jump into how do I get this thing going? How do I start? Um, mm-hmm. I want to make sure folks have plenty of information about you, 
how can they get a copy of the book? Would you mind sharing um, the best way for people to find out more about you and also get a copy of the book? Not at all. Um, so my book is available uh, everywhere. Good and bad books are sold. Um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, uh, at your local library probably too. Uh, my website is spirittype.com, all one word, spirittype. And there you will see a lot of articles on water and other topics, as well as the free Dharma test. So you can find your Dharma type, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. Um, and, um, yeah, and as well as events, and, and uh, you can subscribe to the free newsletter as well. So um, that's how you get them. Oh, my gosh. Uh Thank you so much. I want to talk about this thing that you and I mentioned a little bit before the break. And many of us really get a sense of, you know, that, yeah, this is what I got to do. I've heard this about the gut. But then, uh, as I said, many of us don't even know where to begin. I would love for you to take us on a journey that has the beginnings. And, you know, of course, you know, we are going to talk about Dharma, but people say, and they've said this quite a bit now so far this year. It's not about listing the things that I want to have happen in my life or change. It's how to get going and how to have that happen. And I would love for you to talk about this. You know, I mentioned water. I don't even know if that's the first place we should start to, to do things differently. It's a great place. You know why? Number one, it's free or more or less free, right? Bottled water is a dollar or whatever. Uh, but it's not expensive. Number two, it, it's something you have to do anyway to survive. So learning how to optimize, how to really, really drink water so that it gets deep into your cells and helps digestion rather than hinders it is key. And, and I think this should, uh, as we were talking about on the break, this should be taught in school. Kids should know this stuff. Uh, but unfortunately, they're not. So, so the first thing is, in my opinion, uh, uh, aside from the quality of the water, which, of course, we, we want good quality water, high pH, and, and so on, and we can discuss that as well, but is understanding how to time the drinking of your water. So the first thing in the morning is when you should have 8 to 16 ounces of not iced, not iced water, either room temperature or warm water, and just get it down. It may not feel great, right, first thing in the morning, but get it down. Now, you can brush your teeth, right, and do it afterwards. Brush your teeth, scrape your tongue, get the bacteria out of your mouth, and then drink it. That's fine. But don't wait too long until after you've gotten up because your your inner skin, which is your GI tract, your gut, is you haven't had water for 8 to 10 hours before, so you need to rehydrate. Um, what that does, drinking water on an empty stomach, which is what I'm advocating here, what that does is it also buffers a layer in your stomach, a bicarbonate layer, that, uh, that, is, that is what buffers your um, hydrochloric acid, right? So you have hydrochloric acid in your stomach, your digestive enzymes to digest, you know, that barbecue burger you're going to have for lunch. So what water does, when you drink water before eating, it actually puffs up that buffer like a sponge, right? So imagine a dry sponge that really that's really t- small and tiny, and then you add water to it, and it puffs up. So when that buffer puffs up, the body, the stomach, can hold more hydrochloric acid. So it sends a signal to the body to say, hey, 
bring it back, bring it in here. And then, you know, more hydrochloric acid is dumped into the stomach. Uh, so more hydrochloric acid means more ability to digest. Less hydrochloric acid, and now if you dump that burger in there, the body doesn't have the resources to digest it, so it sits. Uh, you get indigestion, you get uh, sluggish uh, digestion, bad bacteria begin to grow, and then a whole host of problems attend. So the idea is drink water before meal, 15 to 30 minutes if possible, before your meal. So if you're at a restaurant, right, they already give you that glass of water. Ask for water, no ice, if possible. Chug that, drink it. 15 to 30 minutes later, by the time you get your meal, what will happen is you should feel hungry because that hydrochloric acid in your stomach will make you feel hungry. Now, the converse of that is if you have water after a meal, what you do is you actually, so you've eaten your burger or whatever it is, is mixed with the hydrochloric acid into a chyle, like the kind of soupy stuff. Now when you add water to that, you're diluting it. So what happens is hydrochloric acid has a pH of 2. It's very acidic. Water is anywhere from 7 to 8, right, If 9 if you get very good alkaline water. What, what will happen is as you drink that afterward, especially a large amount, is it will dilute your digestive ability, and you don't want that. It will make you feel heavy uh, and sluggish, So, which is why people tend to get heavy and sluggish after eating. It means you, your digestion isn't at par. So my recommendation is drink six, 8 to 16 ounces of water before your meal. So first thing in the morning, before lunch, and then before yeah. dinner, at yeah. least. Then yeah. wait at least an hour after eating before you drink again. Now, if you're having peanut butter and, right, and rice cakes, <laughs> you're going to need something to get that down. So that's okay. You can, you can take sips of water or you know, whatever you're drinking to get your food down. That's all right. But don't chug you know, a thirst buster after your meal or, you know, a tall glass of water at least an hour, preferably even an hour and a half after, wait that long after your meal before you drink. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of the thing that, you know, we're talking about here for people to really understand how this works. I mean, I heard not too long ago that we literally walk the planet at least here, we literally walk the planet pretty much dehydrated. And, you know, we're not in in an environment where we have to carry water from a river or, you know, live in a place here in this country where water is not available. Uh, And yet, even with that, we walk around dehydrated. Is that what you're finding as well? Absolutely. And dehydration then leads to a whole host of other problems. I mean, imagine a dry saddle right, on a horse or a dry piece of leather, it's, it, it's easy to break, it cracks, it, 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 it doesn't absorb, it, 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 it's non-functional. When your inner skin gets dry like that, it, it, it also becomes uh, dysfunctional. So we need to stay hydrated. And having drinking water and drinking it on an empty stomach is the first step. I mean, there, there's other steps as well, but that's the first step. Yeah. What do you, what do we say to folks that say, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm not necessarily drinking water, but I am drinking other things. And so sometimes we look at other things and we say, yeah, I'm drinking that. Clearly there is another, there are the other things that we're putting in a category over here 
that that no that's not water but then there's always the green tea controversy or the controversy about lemon in water is that the same can i do that can i add something to the water or literally am i to be a purist about it and that's really been a a really uh, important question for people simon i think yeah and it is it is an important question here's my take on it water takes on the quality of anything you put into it, even thoughts and, and words and, and uh, subtle energy, but certainly, you know, lemon juice or sugar or, or tea. So whatever you put into the, or coffee, right? Coffee is mostly 90% water with some bean residue, right? But yeah, it, but it's not water, right? Because it's <laughs> taken on the properties of that bean residue. And so... <laughs> um, and so it has a, it, it becomes a carrier for that product. So, and that's okay. So what you're telling the body is, hey, I'm I'm carrying this uh, uh, this bean residue into you, and you, you know you can use the liquid, but really the liquid is as a carrier. When you just give the body pure water, you, then you're letting the body use that water however it wants to, right? You're not saying. I need, you know, I need to give you sugar because, right, right you're, drink, you're drinking Coke, or I need to give you coffee. You're saying, body, I'm going to allow you in your, in your infinite wisdom, you know where you need it and how you want to use it. Here's this water. Use it. And then you let your body sort of do its work, its magic. And if you think about it, you're not responsible for anything. You get a cut. It's not you who makes it heal, right? It's not the Neosporin that, that heals it. It's your own body because it knows how to, how to heal itself. So by giving it pure water without anything in it, you know, you can add some trace minerals. You can add um, some things that don't add caloric value, first of all, so no sugar, and that, that don't significantly change its, um, its taste. Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay. But, it, but to me, that's, that's the limit. So when you give it that pure water, then you allow your body to do with it what it wants to. Drinking lemon water is not bad. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's actually cleansing. Ayurveda says, Ayurveda, the ancient uh, healing system of India, says that lemon water is, is good for losing weight. It will help to heat the body slightly. It helps the liver to detoxify. So, but then, see, you're giving an order. You're telling, all right, I want to detoxify. I right. want the liver to do. You're, you're not letting the body do what it wants to do. So it's good, right? It has a medicinal purpose. But I would still, in addition to your lemon water, or at least, you know, you can have lemon water for one of the things, you know, before lunch, let's say. But right. the rest of the time, still make sure you drink pure water. That's my take on it. I love it. We're going to take a short break, everyone. When we come back, we're going to talk about sex, love, and dharma. What is dharma? Do you all know what dharma is? And how do we know what dharma means to us individually? Let's take a short break, everybody. I am so thrilled. What a great show. When we come back, we'll talk more about this, give you lots more information. And certainly for those of you out there, if you have any questions, give us a call, 1-800-930-2819. But guess what? We've actually got three copies of the book to give away. How cool is that? We'll be right back. Sneak into the window. 
Ari Hoffman is the hottest psychic with the warmest heart and the host of the hit show Angels and Answers. A renowned psychic, medium, spiritual life coach, and an entertaining motivational speaker, Ari has helped over 15,000 people with his amazing intuitive gifts, his passion, and his humor. Call 877-ANGEL-02 to schedule a personal reading or to have your own psychic Artie party. That's 877-ANGEL-02. And visit ArtieHoffman.com and Angels and Answers on Facebook. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Song of the Heart, Walking the Path of Light, from author and healer Francine Vale is available now. Through Francine's life story, we learn how imperative it is to love one another. Once this simple truth is learned, peace on earth will prevail. Song of the Heart is a life lived and a story told for this purpose. To learn more about Francine and her amazing gifts, or to order your copy of the book today, visit angelsandlightbeings.com. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Pat. Many of you have heard me talk about the Lyme disease epidemic going on right now in the world. I want to tell you about my friends at Results RNA. They have now created an entire Lyme support system for immune system support, detoxification, rejuvenation, and neurological healing. Please visit ResultsRNA.com to learn more. And for first-time orders, you'll receive a special 10% discount. All you have to do is type in Dr. Pat at checkout. Tune in to Sheer Alchemy with Leslie Fontaine on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get ready to stir up your passions, identify your blocks, and shift into an entirely new existence. Leslie Fontaine is a transformation catalyst and clairvoyant who uses her intuitive and energetic gifts to catapult listeners into living the life they were born to live. Whether it's shifting from scarcity to abundance, from emotional pain into joy, or from illness into health, Leslie will help you step into the true essence and power of all that you are with the help of the Ascended Masters and Archangels. You will not be the same. Visit TransformationTalkRadio.com for show dates and times and LeslieFontaine.com to say yes to explosive abundance. Hey, everybody. Wow. Welcome back. Uh, it's so great to be tuning, uh, tuning all of you. you. You tuning all of us. We're just like tuning. We're like tuning each other. Uh, sex, love and Dharma, ancient wisdom for modern relationships, you know, joining me here today. As I said, uh, Simon Chakowsky is uh, joining me. And what I want to say is we're going to talk about Dharma here in a minute and what that means. And he's got something very, very cool that he does around Dharma. But one of the things that I think in our book, in the book that I was reading about is, you know, he has, there's a conversation written about here about primal archetypes. And I found it fascinating, 
you know, as I'm sitting here and I'm looking and I'm going through this and I'm thinking about, well, wait a minute, you know, what is this archetype thing that just keeps coming up for me over and over and over again? And so then I started to read about physical dharma. And he talks about lifestyle, Simon talks about lifestyle practices to optimize our sex appeal. But besides all of that, one of the things that Simon said earlier, he was talking about space. And so when he was talking about space, I was really struck by that. And, you know, struck by the idea that here we are and, you know, we're in this world and we're so not aware of our physical space or space that we live in. Now imagine yourself, you've lived pretty much alone or maybe in your mom's house most of your life. uh, And then all of a sudden now you're in a relationship and you're thinking, wow, I'm now in this relationship. And I think what I have to do is we're going to, you know, move in together, going to live together. And now, now this space that was all my own is not my space anymore. So when he said that, or when Simon said that earlier in the show, I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, that is so important. I also was really struck by something that goes back, you know, in the workplace. You know, it used to be in the workplace when people worked together, there was this idea of how to be at work. And there was plenty of space. And so interesting that in my life, one of my jobs was actually in facilities management and I did space planning. And so I was thinking about what would be the top thing on my list that I would watch more people get set off about than anything else. And I was thinking about this because Linda and I were talking about this a little bit. Here's what it is. Just tell somebody that they're going to lose their window office. Don't even tell Benny that. But just mention to somebody, you're going to lose your window office. Or mention to them that the private office that they were once in is now going to be shared by somebody else. Now mention to them that not only is that space going to change, but now they're going to move to a new space. And how much does our environment play in the roles we have? Uh, now, ben, Benny, do, do we have Simon back? Oh, yeah, he's back. I'm back. Simon, um, it's interesting since you were talking about that, that I was really struck by this job that I used to have. <laughs> and oh. I had it for a really long time. And I've never seen more people go from zero to 120 on the anger meter than when you start to talk about taking their space away from them or changing their space. And you had Mm -hmm. mentioned this earlier in the show, but I actually didn't put it together. Now let's talk about relationships and relationships in life and how that even works. You know, now we're talking about how do I live my life in the context of another person, in their space, in their lives? And I wanted to ask you, you know, where does that fall on the continuum, you know, of this level of discovery, you know, for our health, for our well-being, for our spirituality? Yeah, well, you know, Joseph Campbell called Sanskrit, this ancient language, the spiritual language of the world. And in 
in Sanskrit, in that language, the word for happiness is sukha. And sukha means, literally means good space. So, and it's a really profound idea when you think about it, because what does the word happiness actually mean? Well, in Sanskrit, it means good space, and it relates to good space on five levels. The first is the physical, right, the body, which we discussed brief, a little bit before. The second is your environment. So if your body is full of junk, right, you're constipated. If your environment is cluttered, it's hard to be happy. It's hard to be positive. Um, and the, the third level is, is the social. If you're not in the space, if you're not working on, at the job that you were born to do, right, that you're naturally, uh, that, that gives you, that exhilarates you, right, then you're not happy. You don't have good space. And then um, the next level is the, the space of the spiritual. If you're not in a good space spiritually in relationship to your your in relationship to creation itself, then no matter how strong your body is, no matter how clean your house is or how good the job is, then you're still not happy because you don't have good space. And so the traditions that have evolved from that, from the Sanskrit and the Vedic tradition, all teach us how to create that good space on these four levels that I enumerated. Uh, and there's one other level as well. So space is so important to happiness. And good space is tantamount to happiness. Bad space is tantamount to unhappiness. So just as you, you've seen, right, with people's exterior space. I would put it to you this way, though. Yeah. The internal space, the mental and spiritual space is the most important. Then you can yeah. have someone live in a shack, in a shanty, in a corner office with no windows, and they can yep. still be happy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I agree sense. with you completely. I mean, I, I, I was hoping you were kind of going to go in that direction because, you know, I've seen people, and I alluded to this in the last show, I used to deliver uh, mail for some of the most prominent, you know, scientists on the planet, you know, when I was a you know, clerk in the phone company. And these people, you looked at their space and it was really, oh my gosh, you would never believe it. But boy, they were happy. See, this mm. is what I, I love about the conversation. Because were people really angry about the physicality of their locations or was it really something else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that, well, and the physicality of the location exacerbated, right, exactly. this idea in them that their space isn't perfect or it's being encroached upon. Mm. And, um, yeah, so, so again, there are ways and there are techniques uh, to, to create good space for yourself. And one of them that I found very useful is the Dharma type. Knowing your Dharma type uh, is a bit like knowing your gender. Think about, for example, if you didn't know, if you woke up one morning and you didn't, you didn't know if you were a man or a woman. Think about all of the choices that you take for granted, like what clothes should I wear? When I'm at the restaurant, which bathroom should I use? Um, how do I walk? How do I talk? How do I present myself to the world? Those choices are automatic if you know that archetype, male, female. And actually, for many people today, that is a struggle right, the transgender community and so on. Yeah. But in my mind, not knowing your Dharma type is tantamount to not knowing your gender, because once you know who you are, if you're a warrior, educator, merchant, laborer, or outsider, these are the five mm -hmm. Dharma types, 
once you know your type, decisions become so much easier. Like, what job should I have? How do I behave when I'm on a date? <laughs> right? They say, just be yourself. Well, which part of myself should I be? The one that eats Ben and Jerry's and is watching, you know, reruns? Or, you know, the other part that's doing something else? We are many things. Knowing your archetype and harnessing that and aligning yourself with that is is being is tantamount to being your best self, and it and it works in everything, in career, in relationships, and to me, that's how I found my good space, you know, and aligned with my happiness, and and I've and I've seen it over yeah. and over for clients, for students, for people that that I've worked with. Aligning with your archetype will help you find your good space. How do we do that? Because I know you're working with people, but I, I, I think this is so important for us to have this conversation because I don't know about you and I certainly don't know for our listeners, but I know there've been times in my life, Simon, where I clearly was showing up, not as me. And, Mm -hmm. and I could feel it in every part of my bones. And I believe that that was a part of the reason that I really, really got sick in 2004 is because the part of me that wanted to continue to do what I was doing wasn't the part of me that the rest of the world wanted me to do or become. And mm-hmm. so how do you assist people at, at determining this? Well, to be honest with you, I use the Vedic life map, which is basically nice. your horoscope. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's based on the time, date, and place of your birth. And some people don't believe in this stuff, and that's okay. Um, I find that the Vedic life map is like a snapshot of your of your karmic DNA, if you will, in the sense that it shows us um, your karma, your dharma, who you are at a core level. And then, and then in speaking to that, I, I speak. I find that it speaks directly to the heart of a person, um, and, and 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 they begin to know themselves. But then the other aspect of looking at the chart is, is that dynamic aspect. You know, this year you may have a certain, uh, uh, a certain dharma or a certain karma, let's say. People know this word karma that you're experiencing. And then next year there's something else, right? There's always something coming up. And understanding that now you have, you're in a certain cycle that requires you to, ex- to express yourself in a different way, um, you, can, you can sort of align with that. It's like, you know, you and I were born, uh, I was born in the United States, for example. I'm American, but that Americanness gets expressed differently when I travel to France or when I go to Uganda, right? It's conditioned. And so by looking at the chart, I can say, well, this year, your, you know, your Americanness, your Dharma type will be conditioned in this way. Next year, it'll be conditioned this way. And you can sort of walk having guidance and, and understanding what, what's coming and what has passed. Um, so, so in essence, uh, I use the chart as a counseling tool to help people find their dharma, their purpose. That's what this word dharma means, your, your, your core design, the software that you were born with, and, and how to get the most of it. I don't know if that makes sense. If I'm it does make sense, you. but and, and this is really what I, why I wanted you to speak about this for a bit. It's because we're living in a world right now where um, there's so much information that comes our way on any given day. And, you know, I, I, I don't know uh, 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 pretty much about what goes on in the rest of the world, but I will say this. I hear from people that I know and people that come on the show 
how they really are struggling to keep up with the information. And I've heard some things like, for example, folks say, it's so not me. You know what I mean? I've heard that, I've heard that expression so many times, Simon. It's so not me. And yet they don't really quite know about the tool that you're talking about. But isn't it important uh, in, in the work that you do and you help people with this to understand, okay, why, yeah, it definitely is not you, but there's something else you might, might do about that. I mean, isn't this really looking at how to create harmony in times and situations that may not call for harmony in some way, right? You know, uh, know yourself and everything else. Uh, yep. uh, opens up from there. Uh, yeah. The idea is, and I've said this uh, before, I've even tweeted this out, that we are yeah. all looking for love, God, prosperity. The thing is, love, God, and prosperity are on your path. Find your path, and then you find them all. They wait for you there. And so what I do and what the Dharma types do, they're an incredibly effective and simple tool to help you know your design, your path. Um, so it's like a computer. Are you Windows or are you <laughs> OS 10? Right? right. If you know the software you're born with, then you know what it's what it's capable of. I wouldn't do Windows stuff on a on a Mac or Mac stuff on Windows. I wouldn't put diesel in a in a regular fuel engine. Right. It, it's just understanding the the uh, technology of this body and mind that you were born with. And then once you understand it, things become easier. You know which information, for example, is relevant. And this is a, this was what we were talking about, creating space. Well, how do you create space? You, you, you realize which information, which uh, uh, is useful for you and which isn't. And you can throw away the irrelevant stuff. And, and, and that helps you, again, create space and sacredness in your life. So knowing these five basic archetypes in which one you are. And again, there's a free test, and there's a test in my book and on the website. Very easy, takes 10 minutes, and you'll find your Dharma type. Can have, a, has a lot to say about um, uh, how well you integrate uh, the space of your relationships, in your body, your health, and in your uh, social expression, your career. Yeah, I, I wanted to, to tell, uh, talk to people about this because it's really interesting when I looked at the Dharma types and I want to talk with you about it. But first, Benny, let's give a copy of the book away. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. And people can go to the website. Uh, Simon, would you give out the website again for folks? You bet. It's spirittype.com. Just like it sounds, spirittype.com. And I want to ask you this question. Do you find that people um, are a bit surprised about, uh, okay, I've gone through and I thought I was this Dharma type, but wow, mm -hmm. I just figured this out and I'm something else. How, how, does that, uh, how does that work for folks? Or have you been finding with folks that, wait a minute, yeah, once you do this, you're going to have a really good sense that this is truly you. No, the, the first one is true because people sometimes go, well, oh, merchant, well, I don't work in business, so I'm not a merchant, right? 
because that word doesn't really describe what a merchant's dharma purpose is. So some people shy away, oh, I don't want to be a laborer. Who wants to be a laborer? Well, laborers are the most devotional, nurturing types. Merchants, the dharma of the merchant is to create uh, opportunities for others, win-win situations for people, to create joy and laughter. Some of the most uh, well-known people in society are merchants, from Leo DiCaprio to Muhammad Ali to Marilyn Monroe and Elvis, uh, because they are able, through their ability to make people feel good, to make money for one, yes, but also to create opportunities for others, and uh, through generosity, through charity, through giving. And, and that's the evolution of that type, the merchant. So it goes beyond the name, right? Um, a warrior isn't just about fighting. In fact, the best warriors, you'll never see them being aggressive because they solve problems. Warriors know how to solve problems and, 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 and protect people from uh, who can't protect themselves. And if they solve the problem, then there's no need to be aggressive, right? Right. So, so, so there, yeah, sometimes there is some confusion about, oh, I can't be a merchant. I'm not a warrior because I don't fight. That, that's not what, what the archetype is. So you have right. to look a little bit deeper. And also, uh, I could see how people would have confusion around, uh, well, wait a minute, I'm a woman. I don't think I could be a, lawyer, a, a warrior. And, you know, isn't that interesting? I'm, I'm not saying that we all think about that now, right? Sure you can. Celine Dion is a warrior. Angelina Jolie is a warrior. Warriors simply, by the way, if you look at them, they have a certain posture. <laughs> so you can often tell who, which type. But warriors fight for those who can't fight for themselves. They have a strength, a leadership ability. You are who you are regardless of gender, regardless of whether you live in, in Georgia or, uh, you know, Georgia uh, in, 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 uh, in, in the former Soviet Union or Atlanta, Georgia, in the U.S., it doesn't matter. It's, uh, these Dharma types are universal. Uh, and I would say that that is the hard part, finding your type. And, and I've, you know, the, the, the quiz helps, the books, my books help, right? But once you know it, then, then it, it's smooth sailing from there. It's not like the horoscope where, okay, I know I'm a Leo, right, because I was born at this time. Um, it's not as easy to learn your Dharma type, but... Believe me, it's worth the investment once you do, because a whole world opens up to you. Uh, do you find that in, in, in the day and age we live in, in the media we live in, do you uh, find in looking at uh, Dharma and looking at the world that it becomes quite challenging for people to plug into current events, or at least the way they're portrayed, but yet we do it anyway. You know, and I guess my question is about this inner conflict. You know, this thing that perhaps we feel we have to do or we have to be, which is really not uh, along our life's path. And I'm hearing this a lot from people, Simon. I'm hearing like, oh my God, I'm just grateful I have a job. Forget it. I'm not going to go out and do this ABC thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where more choice doesn't always bring more happiness. You know, in, in, in the old days, you, you did what your parents did, right, or, or something very similar. Now we have choice, and that's a great thing, by the way. I'm not boohooing choice. But too much choice creates confusion. Like right now I can go out and, and become a real estate agent, uh, a firefighter, uh, you know, uh, a, a painter, whatever it is. But which one of those is really right for me? And, and I think there's a sense of overwhelm that happens. If you're like, okay, listen, 
uh, just give me anything. I need to pay the bills, right? I, and the world isn't secure. So it, the thing is, the truth is, it doesn't matter how secure or unsecure the world is. When you give your gift that you are born to give, you become a source of value to the world, and you will be valued. When you mm-hmm. hide your gift, and now, now and I know it's not that simple, and people may call in and say, well, it's easy for you to say. And then they're right. It's not simple. It's not easy. And it takes a little bit of work and, and, and some courage to step into this and, you know, discover what your gift is. But if, if when you do, my, my message is that when you do, you will always have value, no matter what's happening in the world, no matter if the world is coming down mm. or not. And so... Not to mention when the, everything is going great. So, yeah. uh, right? Yeah. So it's still, there's no excuse in my mind for not doing your dharma. I, I want to ask you a question. I took the test. And so I just uh-huh. saved this for the last couple of minutes. Um, I took the test. And uh, the results that I got back said that I'm one of two types. So right. I, for some reason, two types popped up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they always and, do. So okay. that's... That's because and one type will likely be your Dharma type, and uh-huh. one will likely be the, uh, the life cycle that you're in. So earlier I said, you know, you can be yep. born American, but you're traveling through France. So, right. you can, so, so what were your two types? Uh, educator and uh, educator Out- was one of them, and outsider was the outsider. other. Outsider. Sure, exactly. Perfect. So <laughs> as an educator, right, your Dharma is to, to give wisdom to the world. And as an educator, you could be at a bus stop at 2 a.m. People will still walk up to you and start telling you their problems because That's there's this true. sort of yes, <laughs> absolutely. Listen, once I start talking about the types and you're that type, these things just ring true, and and you you'll know it to be the case um, it, because there's a sort of non-judgmental quality, and even if you are judgmental internally, people don't sense it and they want to open up to you. Uh, so that's yes, you're an educator. Being in an outsider period life cycle, whether it's for a year or for 20 years, means that what you're teaching isn't, you know, uh, arithmetic. You're teaching sacred arithmetic. Um, you're not teaching business. You're teaching the spirituality of business, right? You're doing it in, in, from out of the box kind of right. way. Definitely. So that's those two types. One of them is your Dharma type. One of them is the life cycle. And every person who takes the test will get that answer. They'll get two types. Then the key is knowing which Dharma type you are and then which one is the cycle that you're in. I and that it. makes it unique for you, right? I love it. Simon, this has been great. I hope you'll come back and we'll do a whole show if, we, if you would come back. I would like to do Absolutely. a whole show about Dharma types and open up the phone lines and really have a conversation and engage the listeners in it. I hope you will come back. I would love to. I would love to. And I have some wonderful gifts for your listeners as well. And um, I feel like this has just been the icebreaker. Today. It has been the icebreaker, and I, you, you know, and it's interesting. You've got my attention because now I'm really starting to look at this in a different way. I wanted to wait to actually do this because I, I literally didn't want the show to be uh, about me so much. But next time when we come back. And Simon joins us. We're going to open up those phone lines. For those of you out there, go ahead and take it. Go ahead and take the test. It doesn't take long at all. You can go to spirittype.com, get a copy of the book as well. Uh, Simon, thank you so much for today. It's a pleasure to be here.
And I want to thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. I want to thank you, Benny, for pushing all the right buttons. Okay, later on today, don't forget, Lime Talk Radio at 1 o'clock on Transformation Talk Radio. We'll see you then. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.